This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, right. Well, just to let you know, I've got nothing. <laughs> I was sitting here just thinking before we started thinking, oh, all the exciting things. I got. I mean, it's getting harder and harder, isn't it, to come up with shit to say. Sea swimming, Jen. Sea swimming. That's your usual. I mean, literally, no one cares. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, more younger and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith well I finished my top ladies as you can tell yes finished my purple top and it is stunning oh wait a second can we just always establish when we've started so I know when to put a bit of sparkle into my (laughs) turn on the magic I know it seems like I've constantly got the magic, but I do switch it on for this podcast. I say we start recording now. Yeah. Jen, okay. So. Let's start now. So hang on. Wait for it. Hi. So. <laughs> yeah, you look really different. You sound and look really different now. Jen, the magic is on. That's on. The magic wasn't on and I've switched it on because Leanne pressed record. So there we are. Look at that. The glitter is here. And so it should be because we've entered the end of November, which we all know to be the beginning of the season that is Yuletide. Christmas is upon us. Jingling of the bells. Although saying that, my children have been playing jingle bells uh, since July. But anyway, (laughs) I've now allowed it to get to the end. So the boys uh, wrote to Santa today. Oh, that was interesting. Yeah, to ask Father Christmas, you know, for what what they expect. And uh, Chloe and I looked at him and went, you'll be lucky, mate. So um, <laughs> halve it, halve it again, and then we'll see. All right. <laughs> I think that's a really good phrasing. I've never heard anyone say that. You know, normally it's like a list of what the kids want. No, it is the list of what the kids expect. Yeah. I truly lo- love that. At one point, one of them said to me, oh, um, I'd like some Pokemon toys. And I don't know what Pokemon is. Okay, so I said, well... I don't know what Pokemon toys are. He went, don't worry, Father Christmas does. And I was like, I can't argue with that. <laughs> you can't say, well, actually, mate, he doesn't. He needs a little bit of guidance. He's an old man and he do- he's not up on this stuff. So maybe 
He's like, what? Father Christmas knows everything. So if he knows if I've been naughty or good, he must know what Pokemon toys are. I was like, ah, better get Google out. Anyway. That's a good argument, I have to say. That's (laughs) very smart. He deserves that Pokemon with that sort of thinking, I say. Yeah, well, the fact that you've called it Pokemon means that you know less than I do, Alison. Pokemon. Let me guess. That's how they say it in Canada. (laughs) How do you say it? Oh, is that how you say it? Yeah, how do you say it? Pokemon. Well, I think we, we say Pokemon and you say Pokemon. Is that Pokemon. right? Yeah. Pokemon. Maybe I pronounce my E's too much, but... Uh, right. Well, this is going to lead me yeah. on to something that's bothered me for some time. Maureen, I think this would bother you as well, but probably not to the extent it has bothered me. In America, and I don't know if it's the same in Canada, do you call it Lego or Legos? Lego. No S. Oh, my God. The Americans call it Legos and it absolutely drives... What is it? It's the brand. Clearly, there's no S at the end. It's Lego. Lego is the brand. You don't go, can I have some Kleenexes? No. They would never say that. (laughs) Can I have... You know, we're going to buy some Kleenex. Oh, do you, can I take three Kleenexes? Like, can I have never... some Nescafes? Huh? <laughs> Joe, why does this ever come up in conversation, though? I don't know why this hasn't come up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Maureen, it really drives me crazy. And if you watch a movie or some any kind of an American show where Lego appears, which I'll be honest is infrequent, they always go, oh, I must get some Legos. No, it's not Legos. It, the, the people that created it, they're Danish. They've called it Lego. Okay. And the plural of Lego, guess what? It's Lego. Okay. So for our American listeners, get a, get a grip. Okay. <laughs> if we ever needed to torture you, what we could do is bring over some Americans and write out a list of names of places in the UK and sit you in a room with them and make them read them out loud. Leicester Square. Leicester Square. To be fair, to be fair, English is not phonetic. And what I love about the Americans is that they've gone, I don't like that this isn't phonetic. Let's phoneticize it. Phonetics, thumbs up. Yeah, they're into it. And actually, as am I. But uh, unfortunately, Leicester does sound ridiculous. But look, (laughs) Leicester doesn't bother me as much as Legos. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Because if you buy a box of Lego, it says Lego on it clearly okay there's no s so they've just added an s for no reason it's willy nilly maureen it's willy nilly (laughs) anyway i've got that off my chest now good so how was uh, your week maureen (laughs) well (laughs) um i did a cookery course which i have to recommend called bags of taste and it's it's around the country and it's all about teaching people to cook good food cheaply and healthily sounds great what have you cooked so far i've cooked it was a chickpea curry and then a, a pilau and um, a ragu sauce which was absolutely gorgeous and i used not the, with the not with the curry you didn't make ragu no, with the curry. no it's a separate thing separate right, okay. dish. Yeah. <laughs> it was really really because someone who doesn't cook and is really bad at cooking it's a really great course so i'd recommend it so it'd be worth checking out bags of taste that is a, an interesting recommendation, Maureen, because I think particularly now uh, people, I don't know about anyone else, but I've run out of ideas. I've got like six things that I cook. And if I never see those six things ever again, I know. I'll be quite happy. Do you know what I mean? And also, you know, making your own tomato sauce is actually a lot healthier because there's less salt and less sugar. I mean, I always make my own tomato sauce. Oh, do you? Yeah. I mean, it's the easiest thing in the universe to make. It takes two seconds. Yeah, but you can cook. Whereas I can't really cook. So I would say, particularly for somebody with very low cooking standards like I have, and I actually made food that was delicious. So that is very unusual. I did appreciate the photograph that you sent 
of your ragu sauce, I, if anything, was impressed with the amount of pasta that went with it. (laughs) (laughs) I showed it to Chloe. She went, yep, that's a Maureen size portion. (laughs) And you know what? Because they they give you the food. That was half the pasta. But for how many people was it for? I don't know. (laughs) I think it was a meal for six. (laughs) Maureen, I like the way you treat your recipes like you do your box sets. Well, I've started, so I'll finish. (laughs) Yes. And in other news, I finished my purple jumper, which I'm now wearing, which nobody can tell because it's a podcast. No, because I took a photo of it and it's going to go up on the old Instagram. There you are, Maureen. And I appreciate, once again, and I think so that people really get to see who you are as a human being. What I also appreciate is that at no point have I been able to see all of your face since we started this podcast. No, no, not at all. She doesn't care. She's like, just look at the jumper, please. At some point I thought, well, she'll adjust it. So, no, you're not bothered. It doesn't really bother me. Okay, fine. Good. Alison, how's your week been? Uh, my week's been good. I'm taking it back to puppy talk, everyone, because it's been a while. So I'm allowed to do it, I think. I brushed yeah. my puppy's teeth this week. I made oh homemade God. puppy toothpaste. It was a combination of coconut oil and uh, baking soda, ingredients we all have in the house. And I made a little toothpaste and I bought him a little uh, puppy brush and I brushed my dog's teeth this week. So I have fully committed to Is that a to thing this. that you have to do with a dog? I mean, it's bad enough you've got to pick up their poo, but you've got to clean their teeth as well. Well, I well mean, it's recommended. You can get treats. They say that. But, you know, I just know that Palms, my, my baby's breed, they have teeth problems, so I'm just addressing it now at a young age. You are such a good puppy mum. I mean, there's a great deal of attention to detail with you, Alison, in everything that we do, uh, including this podcast. I don't know if people have picked up the vibe of what's happening here, but um, Maureen and I are very much running by the seat of our pants and just winging it and hoping for the best. But Alison comes into the mix and goes, no. We are going to organise this. We are going to plan this. And we're going to know what the hell we're doing. And guess what? I've taken the minutes of this meeting. And I like the way that you've taken that attitude with your dog. Well, you know, just take charge. And don't get me wrong. Like, thanks for saying that. It makes me sound like I'm really organised. But let's be honest. Have I planned anything about my career or my future? No. But I now know how to brush a puppy's teeth. Maybe I'm going to be a dog carer later, guys. I don't Please, know. please take that back right now. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like we've all had the week of weeks. I mean, if listeners are still there, thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> if you're still there, God bless you. No, or not God bless you. Whatever your thing is, just thank you for listening to us. Okay, well, let's get on to, I think it's time to find out what Maureen's hashtag Be More Maureen moment of the week is. Maureen, tell us, what is your Be Maureen? Has this gone viral yet? I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet. <laughs> I'm at my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Oh, I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs> this is another classic, which I just remembered the other day. I was kind of seeing a guy, it was the early days, and I took him to a friend's house. She was having a party. And I said, you know, I was going, this is Tim. This is Tim. And then a couple of hours into the party, somebody turned around to me and went, isn't his name Nick? (laughs) So I went, oh, is your name Nick? And he went, yes. (laughs) So why didn't you say anything when I said, this is Tim? And he thought I was saying, this is him. (laughs) So he hadn't actually 
corrected me because he just thought I was saying this is him. And for some reason, I was convinced he was called Tim. Then he said to me, who's Tim? I mean, you could understand he was slightly insecure. And I went, oh, no, no, I don't know any Tims. <laughs> and then I had a birthday party a couple of weeks later where I'd invited three Tims. I forgot <laughs> that I knew. <laughs> Warren, was this guy your boyfriend? Yeah, he was like the early days. So that was like one of our first dates. And then, yeah. How long oh did this God. relationship go on for? Well, we're not together. <laughs> I think most people have got the vibe of that so far, Maureen, that, yeah. I was just, I do get that in my head. Like sometimes I'm just convinced somebody's called a name. So I'll call them that name. And then I can't remember which is the name and which is the name that I think's their name. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but often I find it difficult with lesbian couples. I don't remember their name. Oh, yeah, it is. Maureen and I have said this often, and this has happened a couple of times, there'll be a lesbian couple and they practically look the same and one of them's Jean one of them's Linda for example and you just want them to do an Anton deck and just go don't swap sides for the love of God I because if you swap sides I won't know what's going on just Jean on the left Linda on the right and that's the only way I'm going to remember who's who because after a while you know with some lesbian couples they sort of morph they're like we were two separate humans that look very very different and then they get to like 50 and they're like we are the same person but not only that they're introduced to you like when you're introduced to oh this is Jean and Linda they're introduced together and then you just it is complicated. Or people don't really specify which one it is to begin with either because they don't know. And it's like a series of people not knowing which one is which. So everyone's just like, it's Gene and Linda. Hey, you guys remember Gene and Linda? And you're like, you son of a bitch. If you're left with one of them, you're like, you just have to call them love or sweetheart, which is Pal mate. I go with pal and mate. Oh, I know, babe. Yeah. I mean, that's never happened. But, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing has to come out. And also, you get to that point where, like, you've seen June and Linda on and off for about five or six years. years, And it gets to a point where you can't go, which one are you? (laughs) (laughs) Are you Jean or are you Linda? I mean, because that's quite insulting, isn't it? Or, like, stand at the other side of the room and just scream one of their names and see which one turns (laughs) around. Jean! Jean! No, they turn around together because they're like... "Ah." Yeah, because they're the (laughs) same, yeah. Yeah. I, I, listen, I've tried that. Jean! And then Jean and Linda turn around like they've morphed. They're, they're, they're Siamese they're lesbian. Around. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to go back to your story, Maureen, real quick. I love the idea that you walked around a room full of people and kept saying, this is him. So everyone... Oh, that's a big deal. This is him. <laughs> so he's like, oh my God, like she's already talked about me. I, you know, I feel this way about her too. Like, I, you know, I really feel a connection. And then not that he's not even special. You don't even know his name. I just, I almost feel bad for him, Tim. Whoever he is, like that would have been a real kick in the old mitt. Like, I'm the one. You don't even know my name. All right. Oh, poor him, Tim. This is why I'm probably not really good at relationships. They kind of want you to know their names, don't they? It's the bare minimum, Maureen. It's the bare minimum. <laughs> I love it. Well, that was a classic Be More Maureen. Listen, I also think if people have a, a Be More Maureen that they'd like to write in and tell us about, oh, come on, we've all had a Be More Maureen. Oh, Do you feel yeah. free to write in? Oh, somebody did write in on my Instagram. Oh, okay. What they say? Sinead, this is a great one. So last week we were talking about VG Lee, the wonderful writer VG Lee. We'd done her book, Oh pretty thing and then Sinead wrote to me and said just to say myself and my wife spent hours searching for a female Chinese author called Fu Jean Lee after listening to the Expat <laughs> episode we finally found VG Lee <laughs> that's brilliant Sinead that made us all laugh out loud so thank you for sending it that it really in. did when I got that message I was like Fu Jin Lee that is brilliant but it also shows that none of us seem to be able to articulate I mean that's <laughs> that's 
clearly our fault. Apologies. But if you have a bit more warning, do write it into us and you can write in at uh, womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, honestly, because uh, this lockdown feels long and uh, any contact, any contact is appreciated. Isn't that right, ladies? Help me out. I mean, join in at any yes. point. Yes, I'll take any audience, even if it's one little email at a time. Please, my boyfriend needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's time for our favorite part of the show uh Maureen and I I think we can both agree it's time to ask Alison go to the gym get it together pay your taxes and stop eating chips take my advice Take my advice. I ain't using it. Oh, well, this week, I'm surprised it's taken this long to get something like this in, to be honest with you. An essential worker has written in. So this is the situation. Obviously, essential worker has been working nonstop, hard, 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 living with a flatmate who has not been working, uh, furloughed. So the roommate has been lounging around all day, having their partner over a lot and also other visitors uh, partaking of some herbal remedies, which, hey, I'm not going to judge. You know, come on. But I can understand how some people are not into that. And she's just at the end of a rope. So she's like, do I have a right to be resentful? Or how can I get over being resentful? And do I have the right to ask them to have less visitors? So initial thoughts, ladies, what do you think when you hear this? Oh, I mean, I'm already just really annoyed. You know what? I can understand if you come back from work, last thing you want are people in the house. I mean, they could have the visitors when they're at work so they don't have to put up with them. That would be a solution, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's Maureen. Excellent. And that's almost compromise. Excellent, yeah. Maureen. Excellent. But also there might be an issue with getting contaminated. I mean, if he's an essential worker, isn't that another issue? Vice versa. Exactly. Like, do these people want to be in our house? Like, I'm in and out all the time right now. So, yeah, absolutely, Maureen. And I don't know when this letter was sent or when we got this email, but obviously now, I mean, it's a very simple solution because legally... You cannot have people around your house at all. So I think that's the first and foremost. You can just go, look, it's the li- it's not me. It's the government. OK, <laughs> your mates have got to go. And I think that's perfectly reasonable. But also it's a matter of I think it's a matter of respect, isn't it? And I think it's very difficult when you're sharing your living space, your home with another person that isn't, say, your partner or a member of your family or whatever to negotiate these sorts of things and to be able to say to somebody, look, I appreciate that you aren't working and that, you know, we are all isolated and we're all suffering differently and it affects our mental health. And of course, wherever possible, if you can interact with people, fantastic. But equally, if you've been working all day, you're an essential worker, I presume that your work is probably quite stressful. Then when you come home, that's a haven for you at home, isn't it? So you need to have that space and time to be able to just chill out and relax. And I think it's not unreasonable be it to say to your housemate, this time is my time. You can have the day and I have the evening. And I think that's that's the way it should be. And apart from anything else, I am really resenting you being off work. And by the way, pick up your towels off the bathroom. And if you eat my Marmite <laughs> one more time, I'm going to stab you in the head with a fork while you sleep. But other than that, knock yourself out and uh, Merry Christmas. Something like that. Something like that, Jen. Something exactly like that. If we would live together, you would never have to worry about me stealing your Marmite. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So Me too. 
Okay, so with this, two separate questions, basically, I think. Okay, number one, less visitors. Am I allowed to say? Yes, like Jen said, absolutely. We're in a lockdown. And even if we weren't in a solid lockdown, I think we're in a different time right now. So, yes, you have the right to be frustrated and to ask them not to have people over. But what I want to say is, when you're addressing this person, please keep in mind, you know, you have to live with this human being. And it's not going to get easier, right, if you go into it with an attack. So what you want to do is you want to call them in. You don't want to call them out. You want to have a discussion, not an argument, okay? If you haven't tried even communicating yet, this is the way I think to go about doing it. Also, the sooner you do it, the better, because the longer you let this fester, the bigger the deal it seems to be when we finally do bring it up. So I think the quicker you address it, the better. I think it's kind of like three C's. You guys are going to laugh at me, but communication, commitment, and compromise. It's hard because if you didn't have a full discussion when you first moved in about what do you need and what do I need to live together well, then now's the time. Some roommates actually make an official contract. I'm not into that, but I fully believe you should discuss living arrangements. And if you have, it's time to revisit it if you're afraid of that. And remember, while you're doing this, nobody's the good or the bad guy. That is the most efficient way to get things discussed. Uh, arrange a time and a place so you guys can talk face-to-face. Don't be doing this over texty. It gets too frustrating. They could be sitting there with their partner. You need to be alone to have this conversation. I think you can also address things like, you know, times are weird, but you did not Sign up to live with a couple right now. And that's not really supposed to be happening anyway. So I think definitely, like you ladies said, having them over during the day when you're not there or if you're there day and away night, you look at those schedules and you absolutely communicate that. And also a room schedule, maybe even. If a house schedule can't be arranged, you look at rooms. So you're like, look, that's your time to be in your space. I'm going to come back and be in the living room. Your biggest tool, I think, with this whole thing is empathy. So the whole time you're addressing your frustrations, Please remember where they're coming from so it's not an attack. That's all I'm going to say. Those are your big things. Um, How do I not be resentful? Well, this is a bit harder. This is a bit more like some inside work I guess you got to do because good that you've acknowledged you're resentful. That's step number one. Some people walk around with it on them and they don't even know they're having that that resentment. Taking action can also mean things like uh, maybe journal a little bit or write a letter to your roommate before you speak to them so you have an idea of what you want to say, what's really bothering you. And, and again, this is here we go. This is the real North American. Oh, my God. If you can start making lists of gratitude, I know this is ridiculous, but the more gratitude you have in in you, the less resentful you can be. There's no room for negative shit when you're trying to pump in positive. So if you can just start looking at things in your life that are the positive, looking at it with a bit more positive angle, I think will help you find more of a compromise. The last thing I want to say is just remember resentment is kind of like drinking a poison and then waiting for the other person to die. That's what I think resentment is like. You don't need to carry that around with you. So there you go. That's what I think, everyone. Alison, that's way better advice than I would have given. Again, I stand by the fork in the head. <laughs> I know that that's controversial. It's efficient. It's but efficient. But I feel like it really makes the point very clear. I think Maureen would side with me on this particular <laughs> standpoint. You know what? I once lived with this woman once and I used to just use a sign on my food before I put it in the fridge and say no one's allowed to eat it. I, I Honestly, I could never share again. The last time I shared, I came home after I'd been on holiday to see my housemate wearing my pyjamas. And that that was it. I had to move out after that. I was like, that's it. I'm out. Oh, my God. It was enough that you kept eating my marmite 
and my lure pack and then replacing it with the low-fat version, which, by the way, I do not like. But now you are wearing my pyjamas. My pyjamas. Called you out on it. And now you've denied that they're my pyjamas. And there's a particular stain on there that what? definitely comes from... Anyway, it doesn't matter. <sighs> Let's let that... Well, you guys definitely should have sat down and had a no-wearing-each-other's-pajamas talk on day one of moving. <laughs> yeah, where did that Marmite stain come from? It is Marmite, by the way. I know where it's situated, but it's still Marmite. I sat on it. It doesn't matter! Leave it! Anyway, thanks very much, Alison. That was brilliant advice. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? So, what have we all been watching on television? Maureen. <laughs> I watched Military Wives, which is a, a film starring Kristen Scott Thomas and Sharon Horgan. And it's fine. It's kind of anodyne. You know, it's, you know, they're very good in the parts. I mean, Kristen Scott Thomas plays an uptight officer's wife. I mean, I have met one of those women and they, she does it very well. I mean, Kristen Scott Thomas can play that, you know, blindfold. And Sharon Horgan's very good foil to her. So, yeah, it's on Amazon and it's, you know, a couple of hours. Harmless viewing. Well, so. Maureen, you've sold it to me. I, I <laughs> cannot wait to tuck into that film. That is a very two-star review for Maureen there. Uh, if you got some time and you don't want to watch something that's awful, I mean, yeah, there you go. Throw this on. <laughs> if the other option is the sound of the clock ticking in your living room, whack this movie on. This is the film for you. Okay. I get it, Moy. No subtitles. It. No subtitles. Okay, fair enough. Well, that sounds all right. I have been watching series three 
of The Bridge. And it will be the final season of The Bridge that I ever watch. <laughs> I, as you all know, I love a bit of noir. I love something a bit dark. But could they give me a chink, like a little crack of any kind of light in in 10 hours? Honestly, I mean, I, it was... I tell you what the Scandies do well. Bleak. They do bleak. Ooh, Five stars yes. for Bleak. I mean, there was not a moment in that where I thought, well, at least this is happening and at least they get together and this is n- nada, nothing, just. Chloe was like, I'm glad that we've chosen to watch this during a global pandemic while we're all feeling a little bit sad anyway. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till season four, Well, Jen. Chloe said, well, we might as well watch season four. I was like, I do not think so. I can't do it. I can't put myself through that. Season three ended and I thought, I'm just going to make up my own happy ending now because you're not obviously going to offer me one. So anyway, that's what I've watched. Of course, it's brilliantly written. Of course, the acting's fantastic. And of course, The Bridge is a wonderful series and all of that, blah, blah, blah. But right now, my mental health is saying it's a hard no from this lesbo. Alison. Military wives then. Back onto military wives. (laughs) Alison, (laughs) let's lighten this mood up with a horror movie. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Let me lighten the mood. Here we go. My recommendation of this week, because I was thinking about flatmates, things that could go wrong. So my horror movie choice of the week is Shallow Grave. Oh, I haven't seen that in There we years. go. I watched it years ago in the cinema, I think. I yeah, saw it in it was the cinema. A Danny Boyle. I think that was one of the first movies that really got it. Same with a young Ewan McGregor. And Chris uh, Eccleston. And it? Christopher Eccleston, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, tons. And I thought, you know what, UK audiences would really enjoy that recommendation because it is one of those movies that you go, oh, yeah. And it is quite dark. It is a horror thriller, but but horror. Um, the gist is three roommates find their newly accepted fourth roommate dead in a bed with a bunch of money on him. So we learn how greed gets the worst of them and what happens when they go down the selfish rabbit hole everyone it's uh it's a great flick i've got an incredible cast yeah kerry fox ewan mcgregor christopher eccleston keith allen ken stott peter mullen yeah i mean gary lewis it's got an incredible cast of british talent in those days shallow grave i mean i hadn't seen a lot of british films or a lot but shallow grave was one of the first ones that i was like Oh, they have a whole separate industry where they're making a whole bunch of stuff over there, movies and things that I've never seen. I've, it was, for me, I would say, one of the first ones that, that grabbed my interest and made me realize how many fantastic films and, and television and podcasts and radio and all sorts of things are being made in the UK and everyone should listen and support it at all times. <laughs> Can you believe it's 26 years old? That's, wow. that's, that's wild, isn't it? Stands the test of times. I mean, we were all just little babies when it came out, weren't we? No? Okay, good. Right. Thanks very much, Alison. <laughs> and now it's going to be Maureen's cultural caller. Uh-huh. I haven't started it, Maureen. We, Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> Look, it's the end of the podcast, but is it? Of course not, because it's time. Cultural corner. Fill me in. Make me a better person, Maureen. Well, this was all started off because there was something trending on German Twitter called Jana aus Kassel, where this anti-masker compared herself to Sophie Scholl. For those who don't know, was an amazing, brilliant woman who was in a resistance group and was executed by the Nazis. And so comparing yourself to Sophie Scholl because you refused to wear a mask was just ludicrous. I thought, you know what, I'm going to do some books 
that deal with that period, which I was slightly loath to do because I, I kind of resent the fact that in this country, when we think of Germany, we tend to think of just 12 years of the Nazi period. And it's a, such a rich culture and a great history. But these are three of my favourite books. So the first one is Fabian or Fabian, and it's set just before the Nazis take power. So it's a great introduction to modern German literature. It's fast-paced, written with a great deal of humour, and it gives you a great idea what Berlin must have been like in the dying days of the Weimar Republic, you know, when it's crazy and hedonistic. And it's a great read and also disproves the adage that Germans don't have a sense of humour. So this is the lightest <laughs> of the three books I recommend by Eric Kessner. The other two, a bit heavier. Uh, the next one is The Seventh Cross, and I just... Oh, Obviously, this is a podcast, but the girls will see it. This is my book, and I have read it so much. I don't know if you can tell. It's, it's come to pieces. Oh, my it's God. All, it's all sellotaped up. It's a fantastic novel. Anna Segers oh. was a Jewish communist who obviously had to flee the Nazis. And she tells this story about seven prisoners who escaped from a concentration camp. And the commandant puts up seven crosses. and He's going to put each prisoner by one of the crosses. The six get caught quite quickly, and there's one, Georg Heisler. And basically the book is tracking the story of how they're trying to track him down. It's, it's, it's like a cops and robbers story, but the other way around. So obviously the good guy is the convict who's escaped and then the bad guys are the police. And what's great about Anna Sager's and also the, the book we're reading at the moment for Book Club, which is Homegoing by Yayasi, which deals with slavery. Both writers are really good at bringing out the humanity of, of people in situations where humanity was being destroyed, you know. And it could be a polemic, it isn't. She, she really understands why people collaborate with regimes like the Nazis, you know, whether it's through power or greed or fear or you just want an easy life. It's such a beautifully written novel and it's all about how great... Uh, this is something that I find fascinating, how human spirit, no matter how repressive the regime, it will always win through. It's one of the best novels I've ever read, so I totally recommend The Seventh Cross. And the last one is a book called Alone in Berlin. Now, normally when I recommend books to Jen, her eyes glaze over, but Jen actually read this book and how did you find it? Um, firstly... My eyes do not glaze over, Maureen. I am a literary <laughs> hound, as you well know. A literary hound? Is that even a thing? I don't know what that is. Anyway, let's move swiftly forward. Yes, I have read it on your recommendation and I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed the book. And in some ways, not very much happens in, in, in as much as it really captures the claustrophobia of the daily lives of German people during that period. And it is really the story of a man and his wife who were both resisting the Nazis in their own way. I don't know how much difference their resistance made, really. Um, but anyway, I won't t t go into the actual story, but it, yeah. it was it was a small act of resistance, but it showed just how difficult it was to to not collaborate, really. Exactly. I, I, I would agree with you. It was written in 1946, so not that long after the war. Uh, he wrote it in four weeks. It's Hans Fallader, who, who was one of the few German writers, along with Eric Kessner, who wrote Fabian, who stayed in Germany during the Nazi period. And it gives you a chilling insight into life under the Nazi regime. Uh, but again, it provides a testament to the endurance of the human spirit, you know, that despite everything, these guys do resist. And it's actually based on a true life story for, for a couple called the Hampels. But, you know, Fallader says, despite the, you know, the nature of the book, because you do understand why people did collaborate, because everyone was, was spying on you, your family, neighbours, people that you work with. He said the book is dedicated to life, unconquerable life, always triumphing again and again over ignominy and tears, over misery and death. 
And I think it's a fitting testimony to all those who did resist. So those are three books. I mean, it does sound quite a daunting subject, but they're all incredibly well written. And I'd recommend all three of them heartily. Yes. And I know that you obviously read them in German. And um, I think perhaps a little bit gets lost in translation. But overall, I think those books are all fantastic. And I would definitely recommend you read the book over watching the film. Which... Oh, the film is dreadful. It's a great cast. but um... The cast is brilliant, but they've missed one of the major points. They changed it and it was ludicrous. And it is a really bad film, despite the great cast. But the book is available. So do, in fact, read all of them, particularly the second book. Was it The Seventh Cross? That's Seventh Cross. That sounds great. I would love to read that. Thank you so much, Maureen, for that uh, great bit of cultural cornerisms. I really need to work on these bits, these little segues, don't I? I really feel I'm letting the whole <laughs> podcast down. <laughs> Right. Now, it's time. Yeah. What time is it, Alison? After all of that culturalness that I feel now, I just like to get angry about some stuff. So, Jen, <laughs> what I would like to know, what the hell is getting your goat? I want to know if I'm on board. Jen, what's getting your goat? Lots of things have got my goat. I broke my glasses. That's annoying. But I fixed it with this um, special, it's almost like plasticine, but it goes hard. Uh, anyway, I mean, let's try and make this a bit more interesting. My glasses are, to all intents and purposes, <laughs> fixed, but that really got my goat because the only person that I had to blame was me because it was me that left them on the sofa um. and then it was me that sat on them. But I did really try quite hard to blame other people. I was like, wow, well, if people weren't <laughs> distracting me and making me leave things, then, ah, huh? hmm. So let's think about that. But anyway, it didn't work. The other thing that's gotten my goat, so this is the main thing, my eczema has arrived once again. And I have had it for quite a long time. I uh, get eczema in a fantastic place. You can barely see it. It's on my eyes. So oh. there we are. Um, I get it on my eyes. <laughs> and what it means is that, obviously, I am a woman in my mid-40s, and of course there are wrinkles, let's not deny those. But what it does is because it gets really dry, it kind of creates these sort of bags under my eyes that look even more wrinkly. And then my eyes get smaller and smaller until they're just two little sort of piggy eyes. And uh, I had my photos taken. This was during lockdown. I'm officially allowed to do it because it's work. So I went into London to get my photos taken, my headshots. And this photographer, he's very good. And he said, but I like to use natural light. I don't like to use light. So we're going to use natural light. I thought, well, that sounds amazing. I'm all about looking natural, as you well know. So I turn up. There's no makeup artist. I think, who cares? I can do my own makeup. Bish, bash, bosh. Put a bit of makeup on. We take the photos. I have received those said photos. And I look 112 in every single one of them. <laughs> I look old. You know that there are filters that age you. You know, you know those filters on Instagram that go, imagine what you look like when you're 72. Well, I don't need to because I have 16 photographs in my hard drive that will tell me exactly what I look like when I'm 72. Turns out I don't work well with natural light. I need a lot of soft light. I need a lot of makeup. <laughs> I need a lot of help. <laughs> If I'm going to make myself, I showed, I showed them to Chloe. She went, well, these are great if you want to be cast from like 50 plus. I was like, oh, my God. Even your loving partner was like, mm, no. I said, Chloe, do I look this old? She went, yeah, you've got eczema. I was like, ah. Can't you touch them up? There's no touching up. I don't know where you'd start touching and what you'd touch up, but you'd have to. <laughs> there's too much up of touching to do. You couldn't do it. There's, I mean, you'd have to basically what you'd have to do is get at someone else's head. <laughs> 
I don't know if Spotlight will accept that. Sorry, I was really unhappy about my headshots. But I have chosen this beautiful one of Helena Christensen uh, when she was <laughs> when she was at her height. I don't know if I can use that one instead. We look very similar. Uh, we're so similar. <laughs> her natural Scandinavian looks and my natural Scandinavian looks. So, yeah, that's got my goat. And um, Chloe was like, well, you know, you can always get pictures taken again, but they will inevitably be me with tiny little eyes again and lots of wrinkles. And, and also... This sort of weird jowly thing, which is now starting to happen. You know when you know when the bits around your jaw just go, well, we're tired, and they just start to hang a bit lower. You're like, well, could you just perk up a bit, mate, just for a couple of extra years? So, do you know what? At this point, I'm like, I, I, I totally, I totally get women that have a little lift now because I sometimes I hold my face up and go, oh yeah, look, I'm holding my face up now. What do you think? Yeah, better. I- not, not, yeah, I'm doing it to mine. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I oh, do it yeah. all the We're time. All I look in the mirror and go, that's what I was like at like 19. Yeah. Like it was just. Oh, my God. A little bit. Oh, my God. How, look how much yeah, better I No, look you like don't that. look better when you do it that much. <laughs> what I want to look like is a shaved, drowned cat. You know, I want to have that sort of look like. Ah! You know, when you look at Nicole Kidman now and you think, I don't know what's happened to your face. I don't know. I don't understand your face. Yeah. I'm going to go for that. I play the game with her face because I've been watching The Undoing and I play the game. Where's the Botox? Where's the filler? It's a fun game. She's a beautiful woman. She doesn't need it all. But the pressure. Yeah, exactly. Go to Hollywood. And if you want to have a a career, you better look 20 or 30 years younger than you really are, which is why I appreciate that I had headshots that make me look 20 years older. Ah, thank you. (laughs) By the way, we were supposed to mention um, this week, one of the charities that we support, Birmingham Solihull Women's Aid, They've got a new campaign where you can do a series of 16 challenges from writing to your MP or watching a documentary or having a conversation with a loved one. That's happening this week. So if you want to visit the Birmingham Solihull Women's Aid website, which is bswaid.org, and you can find out. And I think a lot of the women's organisations are doing that to help to promote their work helping victims of, of domestic violence. So that's happening this week. So if you want to check it out, please do. Maureen, so. that's fantastic. Can we ask that you put that link up perhaps on your website? Would that be possible? Yes, I'll do that. Yes, so Maureen will put that up on her website. Please do go out and find out more about that. We do, of course, support all refugees in this country. So if you work for one or if you do volunteer or if you know of a refugee that needs a little bit of help financially, then we're happy to give you a shout out and uh, talk about the work that you're doing. Thank you, Maureen Younger, is basically what I'm trying to say. (laughs) This is the end of the podcast. We've had the time of our lives. This is the point where at the end, Dirty Dancing, there's a... I've had... At this point, that's playing. Can you hear it? Just underneath. There we go. Uh, Obviously, for reasons of PR. We will not be able to play that music. Actually, we won't be playing that. (laughs) Just hear it. (laughs) And I never felt... It's, It's over now. We're finished. It's way before... I swear. I'm literally singing in my head. It's the truth. I'm it on to you. Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? Like us. Leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one. And then we all win.
Till that time. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.